Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Michael Michael Reed Reed on on LMFM. LMFM. Good morning. With much debate and discussion from now till 11am, this is Michael Reed on LMFM. Last week on this programme, Sinn Féin TD for Loud, Melda Munster, claimed that Gardaí in Drogheda were turning a blind eye to the big drug dealers in the town. This was because they were taking information from those same dealers about who they were selling their drugs to and then going on to bust the young people who were buying these deals. Yesterday on this programme, Chief Superintendent Christy Mangan disputed this. They're very, very serious allegations. Mm. And I totally refute them. Because I deal with the covert human intelligence system on a, on, a, on a daily basis. And I don't operate in rumour or innuendo. I operate in absolute fact and evidence. And that type of an assertion, that's le- if it's left float up there, out there in the stratosphere, is extremely unfair. And, 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 and unfair is a very mild word I'm using here today. It's extremely unfair to those members who are out there on a daily basis and... and and to say, you know, that the guards are involved in colluding with drug dealers, you know, I mean, I think it's very unfair, to say the least, and it st- certainly has tarnished the reputation of the members. I, on a very regular basis, we deal with informants. We make sure the system is adhered to, because there's only one system in town, and it is the CHIS system which deals with informants. If you are a Melda Munster, and I, mm. I'm putting this out to you here okay. now, as uh, soon as you're finished here, hmm. come down to the station okay. and I'll invite anybody who has evidence or information in relation to it uh, to provide it to me. Hmm. I'll have it fully investigated. In fact, I'll tell you here now, I will contact my assistant commissioner in Sligo and I'll ask him to appoint a senior officer from outside the division hmm. to investigate any of those allegations because I'm not going to leave them float. I can't leave them float because we have to protect and serve the people of Loud. Shannon Aaron was told by Labour's Jed Nash yesterday that he was surprised to hear what Imelda Munster had to say on this programme last week and he described what you heard Chief Superintendent Christy Mangan say there as an unprecedented slapdown for Deputy Munster who's on the line. Jed Nash is in the studio with us and good morning to both of you. Imelda Munster, first of all, uh, do you accept 
accept what the superintendent was saying there and I should reiterate that he was making those comments in response to what you said on this programme but also in response to what I had said on the programme as well because I've heard the very same uh, rumours and uh, that was something that I made known to the superintendent, uh, the chief superintendent yesterday. But what do you make of his response to you? Well, firstly, what I had said clearly and anybody that had listened to the um the the program would have heard me say heard me say that the, there was a public perception out there that Gardy had turned a blind eye um, to the main instigators. It was yourself, I think, Mike, that had said um, that they they were used as infor- that the Gardy didn't arrest the main drug dealers. Instead, they busted young fellas. Well, I said that was the yeah. perception that I understood, I said, as I understood it, and I, I thought yeah. you had agreed with that. Yeah, no, I yeah. had said yeah. that was, mm. yes, I had said yeah. that was the rumour. Well, I'm not taking myself said, out of this. Uh, no, no, but uh, I had mm. said that was the rumour. Yes. You don't know what truth is in that, but that was the public perception. Yes, exactly. And it is the public perception, and I stand over that. And that, is what, and that, and that is what I asked uh, the Chief Superintendent yesterday, uh, if he had accepted that that was the perception, rightly or wrongly. Uh, but he said, regardless of the perception, it's not the case. Do you accept that from the Chief Superintendent? Well, I mean, firstly, I would say, just in relation to that, like, I had never said that I had evidence I have no evidence mm. that guards are protecting drug dealers. I said there was a public perception. Mm. But the chief superintendent needs to start listening to that. I mean, the, the, ma- the real problem here is that many people in Drogheda have a certain view, a real perception. And, the, you know, that the, a blind eye has been turned mm. to the main instigator. Why did you not tell him that, though, when you met him? That no was one of, the, one of the points he made was that he met you recently and you didn't say this to him. Well, you see, I had met him, as I said to you, um, before the escalation of this feud. It was before it. And I met him on the basis of the mothers that had come to me telling me of mm. the threat. And we'll come back to that because there's and money another... Being taken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But can I just say here, there is a real perception out there uh, and that mm. is the case in the public and the chief superintendent needs to acknowledge that. Okay. Now, okay. acknowledging and, and, perception... And, 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 no, I, sorry, I, just let me finish. But I agree acknowledging with you. perception, yeah, yeah mm. doesn't mm. mean that he agrees with it. He doesn't have he, to agree he, with he, it. He said it's not but happening, uh, but as I said to him yesterday, that is the perception. It's a perception that you've heard of. It's a perception that I have from speaking to people. Mm. Uh, and let's uh, go to Jed Nash, because you described it as a, an unprecedented slapdown. Uh, have you not heard rumours of this sort? Um, I've heard some rumours but uh, I could never um, corroborate um, those rumours um, there are always rumours of course but rumours and innuendo mm. uh, don't make evidence uh, and uh, the, 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 the problem here one of the problems here is what happened in Drogheda recently with a fella in a bath with a, a gun in his mouth uh, and that's what people are afraid of so that's why they'll remain rumours for a long time is it not? No, look, there are always rumours, and I think um, the superintendent um, dealt with those um, accusations that were made uh, on the airwaves last week uh, as best he can. They're very, very serious allegations to make, and those kind of allegations are making the difficult job that the guards have to do at the moment uh, more difficult indeed. Uh, And I agree with um, the superintendent when he said yesterday that um, when accusations and allegations and rumour and innuendo mm. like that is allowed to go unchallenged, uh, then the good name of Gardaí and Louth is tarnished. Now, Gardaí always need to be made accountable mm. and, to held, and to be held accountable. 
and we've systems in place for that to happen. Uh, and if anybody has but any that's, evidence, that's what I'm talking suggest, about. Yeah, but Melda Ma- Munster <laughs> just told you she doesn't have the evidence, uh, and I certainly don't have the evidence. I, I I've heard rumours, and, and and I've told the chief superintendent off air yesterday. I told the chief superintendent precisely what I had heard, uh, where it, it had happened, and who was involved. I told him exactly what I knew because of what I had been told. But that does not put me. Well, Michael, in you a, did but, the responsible thing. But that that does not put me in a position to go to GSOC or anywhere else to give evidence. I cannot give evidence because I cannot stand over it. Well, you're a, apart from your role, important role in our democracy as a broadcaster and somebody who communicates the news and who debates impartially with Oireachtas members and other public representatives, you have that responsibility as a citizen and I think you used that responsibility yesterday well when you spoke to the uh, Chief Superintendent of Fair and told him uh, the the basis of the information you have uh, and I'm sure that you've asked him to investigate that and I've no doubt that that would be investigated by the Chief Superintendent or indeed other independent uh, agencies uh, but there's a when you're a member of, an, of the Oireachtas uh, I think you have a wider responsibility um, and you don't necessarily uh, have to have detailed evidence uh, you can provide information to GSOC in certain ways to have matters of this nature investigated. You can also make a disclosure uh, privately to the Minister for Justice who uh, I know from experience of other Oireachtas members dealing with successive Ministers for Justice that those kinds of allegations will be investigated will be handled very responsibly and very very efficiently because as the Chief Superintendent said yesterday it would be irresponsible of him to allow those kind of allegations to uh, float into ether. Well they've rumbled on for years and have been the subject of a GSOC but investigation I, I from what, RT as we discussed on the programme well, with the separate matter. And actually, in, in relation to that, I mean, I, I, I do recall that that particular case was a number of years ago, mm. and that actually shone a very important light into some very mm. dark recesses of how policing was done in this country. And as I said, we always need to make sure in our democracy that the police force is mm. accountable. That's a very important tenet and pillar mm. of our democracy. But the point is, then, the point is that there's this perception of that type of policing uh, and it's not that off the mark in the sense that that type of policing happened in this very division not that long ago but you, would or you, the would allegation you, would you, is that would you it not happened agree as well though that there is a responsibility if, if I if I'll, I'll tell you how I would mm. manage and deal with that information if I had that information um, I would in the first instance um, I wouldn't with respect to you Michael and respect mm-hmm. to the listeners um, be discussing it necessarily uh, on local radio what I would do in the first instance is have a discussion with local Gardaí uh, with senior local Gardaí mm-hmm. uh, I would then if I was dissatisfied as to how that was being handled um, contact GSOC uh, and make a disclosure to GSOC or discuss this with the Minister okay. for Justice yeah, that, I think that is the th- Those comments are pointed towards you Imelda Munster of course, yes, but um, any Rockless member in general. Well, I'm not personalising this. No, I know, I know, but but, but but I mean, I don't know if Jed actually obviously. listened to my interview last week. I mean, I shouldn't have to explain it again, but I had said that there was a public perception out there, and if anyone thinks that I, as a public representative, will not highlight the fears that pe- the fear that people is living in, or highlight the fact that there is a public perception out there that Gardy had turned a blind eye to the main instigators. Now, I don't know if Jed is aware that that's out in his own community. I'm certainly aware of it. And I will never, ever shirk from my responsibilities as a public representative to highlight that and to, to, to make it known out there. But in fairness, his, his point was that you're positioned in a way that you can take responsibility for this and bring it to the attention of the people who are policing the area and if they don't respond correctly well then you have access uh, to those who legislate. 
firstly, firstly, I was the first um, TD from the constituency um, to raise the fact weeks ago about the fact that we only have one community van um, to, between two, the two largest towns in the county with the Minister for Justice. And I also raised the fact that we had only two patrol cars in Drogheda and the lack of resources. Because he gave me a dismissive answer, I raised it again the following week. After the follow, And this is long before the escalation of this mm. feud. And I also met, and it was the first time I'd actually requested a meeting with the chief superintendent. The chief superintendent talking, but I've met with Gardaí mm. several times. But I requested a meeting with the chief superintendent because of the seriousness of the nature of the, the complaints that was coming to me from mothers in my constituency. And it was because of the fact of the fear that was out there and homes being attacked and threatened for money that I raised it with them. And And I was very clear about that. One of the concerns. Nobody, no stage would I deny that the Gardaí have a difficult and dangerous job. Mm. But I'll also not shirk from saying that the perception is out there. One of the concerns, though, if I could just go to that concern that you had about the family whose house Mm. came under attack and was petrol bombed. Uh, You said that there was a drug debt there that hadn't been paid. Somebody knocked Mm. on the door and said, it's either going to be paid or we're going to attack you. They didn't have the money. They said, well, we'll be around on Wednesday at 7 o'clock or whatever the case was. They gave a a forewarning. Uh, They went to the guards, the family went to the guards, uh, and the guards never turned up much to their surprise. That was the claim, basically, uh, as you relayed it to to us on the programme last week. Here's what the Chief Superintendent had to say in relation to that on the programme yesterday. If I, if I go to <coughs> some of the assertions that were made last week, and one of them was that there was a house going to be attacked and that we were told that of the particular night it was going to happen. That is not factual. That is not factual. Absolutely not. We are aware of people who are threatened and they're threatened by criminals who say that they will carry out uh, a petrol bomb, that they will attack them at some stage, but they don't give them specific details. And with that, in, in, and with that particular instance, and I have this, uh, it's, it's, it's recorded mm. electronically, we had a patrol in that estate 13 minutes before that attack took place. We responded to the call and we were there in less than seven minutes. We actually put out the fire. And the Sinn Féin TD, Imelda Munster, said that there was warning in advance, the family had pleaded for help, but nobody was there at the time of the attack. As I said, we did not have specific information as, as regards when this was going to take place. We have dealt with a considerable number of families who indicate to us that they are under threat. I cannot provide, I mean, I live in a real world, I cannot provide 24-7 uh, protection outside people's addresses. There are a number of people who feel threatened and have been threatened. What we have uh, put in place are very, very detailed and active patrols. Imelda Munster, do you accept uh, what the Chief Superintendent said there and that the information that you had and relayed through this programme was inaccurate? No, I don't actually because um, the, I was told by the family that the, the Guardian were made aware of the threat they were told of the particular night. Um, the mother was was fully sure that the house was going to be protected. In fact, it was a male member of the family that told the guardy of the threat. Now, you said there that they knocked the door. I didn't say that. I didn't divulge any of the information for peer, fear of putting okay. the family in jeopardy. Um, but it was a male member of the family that told the guardy because they were told to cough up the money. The family said they didn't have the money. 
um, and they were, he was they were then he was then told that the home was going to be attacked on a particular night, and I raised that face to face with the chief superintendent before this escalation kicked off. And what he had said was he wasn't aware of it. He asked another guard to go out and get the file. He came in then. He said what he said then. I had raised about the fear, the the sense of you know that they weren't protected, that there was there was nobody there. Um, and I also raised the fact that seven weeks, almost seven weeks had gone by since that attack and there was no contact with the family. I stand over that. That was what I was told. OK. And, and I raised it face to face with him at the meeting. Mm. And as I said, he said he wasn't aware of it. He sent a guard out to get the file. He then said that shouldn't have happened and they'd look into it. OK. Uh, and yeah, he also said there about... Um, I listened to the podcast mm, last night yeah. about the difficulty for him is, you know, that he can't leave a patrol car yeah. outside a house when people in RD and Omeath are screaming out for police service. So that that nearly, I mean, this I had said at the start, and this mm. was the issue I raised with the minister. It's all about the lack of resources. resources. Yep. Okay. But that makes my argument. Okay. Because he's saying now. Let me go back to Jed Nash, though, if I can. Okay. He can't offer protection because of resources. All right. Just a, a couple of things uh, before I go back to Jed Nash. Uh, first of all, I should have mentioned earlier that some of uh, the clips that we're hearing of uh, the chief superintendents have been edited uh, for uh, the purposes of uh, uh, fitting it, it in in the time that we have uh, and yes I did make an assumption that somebody had knocked the door and obviously that was incorrect uh, but uh, we don't want to give uh, any information that would identify the family so apologies for that but uh, Jed Nash uh, Imelda Munster says she's standing over that uh, that's a, a pretty serious situation that we're in now Yeah I mean that, that's I think just a, a situation where uh, two individuals have two separate versions of events and okay. uh, sure as night follows day that can often happen but um, to be frank uh, I mean Bimelda has, has her own view on this. Um, the superintendent has his. Um, he has contemporaneous records of what happened that particular evening, um, which okay. he exclaimed on the programme uh, yesterday. Mm. And uh, But what it does do um, is um, draw attention to the issue that myself and other Rockless members and councillors in this area are trying to deal with, and that is demand for extra resources, additional mm. resources for Drogheda, the kind of resources yeah. that Drogheda is entitled and to uh, as I say, the, the and the challenges that the we have at the The clock is ticking down on us, and uh, uh, just to move to the next subject, uh, because you raised uh, another issue in uh, the Shannon yesterday, and this is uh, a piece of legislation that goes back to 2009, which would see a lot of the people that we're talking about in front of the course, because a lot of people know who we're talking about, but there isn't the evidence that would ordinarily be required. Uh, but I think you were told that that's a question for the DPP. Well, that's right. And strictly speaking, it is, but it's also a public policy matter. And what I was talking about was the um, how we actually ultimately resolve this issue, because um, I'm a, a great believer in getting things done and not simply um, having a running commentary on what's going on at the moment and isn't everything terrible. Yes, things are terrible at the moment in certain parts of Drogheda and there are people living in absolute fear. Some people who should not be living in absolute fear because they've done nothing wrong. Um, and the point is how we actually deal with gang uh, crime and organised crime in this country. There was a piece of what I describe as emergency legislation introduced in 2009. It's called the Criminal Justice Amendment Act. And that gave particular powers to Angarda Siakana to effectively lift people who they suspected were involved in directing organised crime, take them in front of the uh, Special Criminal Court, which is a non-jury court, um, because the view of the state was that these people should not be tried in front of juries because of the dangers associated with intimidation and so on. Um, but um, under that legislation, Michael, 
um, the government is required every year in the summer to bring forward a report uh, to clearly outline the operation of that Act. Uh, and I've read every single report uh, since 2009, and it shows me that not a single individual has been brought forward for trial to the Special Criminal Court uh, on a charge of um, directing organised crime. Um, and um, we talk a lot about the dogs in the street, and sometimes mm-hmm. I wish the dogs in the street had guard badges, because the dogs in the street seem to know everybody. Now, we do know. Uh, and everybody has a view on who is responsible for this. The well, guards but, know, everybody knows. Both of you, and I've spoken very yourself and Imelda Moser, Jack Nash, are speaking to guards, and guards, they will name who is involved. Absolutely. They will tell you the, the I, players. I, and, mm. and I speak day in, day out, mm. and not just over the last few weeks about this, but day in, day out over these general issues for some time now. And I know uh, that, in general, guards right across the country, members of the GRA and others I've spoken to, are very anxious to use this legislation. But it seems to me, and this is why I raised it with mm. Minister Stanton yesterday, there seems to be some kind of blockage in terms of the efficacy of this mm. legislation. The, if this legislation was implemented, enforced and used mm. in the way that I believe is originally designed for, then we wouldn't be having the problems we're having at the moment. There are people okay, but who are who are walking these streets today, mm. the streets of Drogheda, yeah, 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 uh, who yeah, yeah, yeah. have yet to be lifted. Now I'm mm. confident that they, they may mm. very well mm. be and arrests may very well be uh, imminent. And you find that people who are involved in... Um, at least at this point, we can only call it being accused of organised organising crime, mm. um, uh, are often charged and convicted on lesser uh, charges: but firearms offences, yeah. assault offences, drugs offences. But where, and so where, on. where's the fault in this? Uh, the minister said to you yesterday, the DPP, you're quite, but you're my, my he own said sense. the question mm. is for the DPP. Mm-hmm. But do we know that guards are, are trying to enact this law? Um, I have no doubt that they are, but they're mm. very, very careful uh, in pursuing um, actions under this particular piece okay. of legislation because of a historic reluctance for the DPP, it seems to me, to bring these kinds mm. of trials forward. But the only way you're going to get an answer is through the minister. The minister That's the only option yeah, that we have because, yeah, of course, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, as all Oroctus members mm. know, the Director of Public Prosecutions okay. is um, independent, independent of government. Mm. That's the way it should be. Mm. But the question I had was, you know, should policy change and should this legislation yeah. be changed? And where, where are the obstacles in terms of lifting mm. dangerous people from the streets of this town and other mm. towns uh, in this country, okay. remove, taking them out of harm's e- way. Everybody agrees. Were, everybody agrees that there should. Everybody agrees there should be more resources. The chief superintendent said he wants more resources. He's been crying out for them for a long period of time, and he made the point uh, very forcibly on the program again yesterday. Uh, but you're saying that there are powers there that could assist. My that are already use in use place. Yeah. use this anti-gang legislation mm. to the nth degree to clean up this area. Imelda Munster, I'm way over time, but okay. do you wish to comment on? Do yes. you wish to comment I on that before we finish yeah, up? Yeah. I do certainly, Mike. Yes. The main reason, the main reason we are seeing this lawlessness about the place is because when Labour were in government, there was an recruitment embargo for the entire five years. And Jed Nash never spoke out about that. wasn't actually was reopened in 2012. He's much was braver in the than he ever was when he was in Cabinet. The reason we have this lawlessness is because the Gardaí are starved of resources. Yeah, the numbers and increased you in 2013. were silent it's just wrong. when you were sitting you're at wrong the to, you, you were wrong in your silent. iterations last week on the radio. The Shannon, wrong today. But you did nothing. You did absolutely nothing. And the main reason is resources. And I was the first person to raise the lack of resources with the Minister for Justice. And I've raised it three times. Would you like to see Gardaí use this act? Alone. There, is, there is robust... In the, uh, Would you like to see Gardaí use this act? Uh, the, I mean, the, so, so, some, people, some, people could, some people could some people could liken it to internment. 
in the Criminal Justice Act, right? By the way, Sinn Féin voted against the powers of this Oh, yes, there is. Sinn voted against Every year. powers for CAB. There is new legislation to target the proceeds of crime. There is new, a new uh, crime task force that was set up would to you, focus would, would, would you favour an internment type no, approach no, to no. this? I that you would lift I people know. without I'll evidence? I'll tell you what I favour. I'll tell you what I favour. A properly resourced Garda force that can effectively deal with cases like this. All right. Unfortunately, we'll be back talking about this in the very near future, but I'm over time for the moment. Okay. Intelligence-led operation, but the Gardaí need to be resourced in order to tackle this, and we need to see results. Thank you both indeed for joining us here on the programme this morning on the telephone. Sinn Féin TD for Loud, the Melda Munster, and in the studio, Labour Party Senator Gerald Nash. Michael Michael Reed on on LMFM. LMFM.